The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. And it's the Pat Kenny Show with Anton Infrapat. It's time for our Friday Forum and to look back at the week's stories and the week that was. I'm joined by uh, Jennifer Whitmore, Social Democrats TD for Wicklow and spokesperson on climate, Emer Curry, uh, Fine Gael, uh, Shannon spokesperson on special education and inclusion and Northern Ireland and Jack Power, news reporter at the Irish Times. And there's been a lot of discussion during the week about the new policing plan uh, for Dublin. It started with a, a supposition that we were going to see armed Gardaí with hands on rifles at street corners and the Minister for Justice was quick to poo-poo that and say that they would be available in support but that what we're going to see is more guards on the beat. Somewhat overdue, Jennifer, is it? It it absolutely is Um, and I'm glad that that it was clarified because I I think it would have been far too heavy-handed to have, you know, an armed guard, the presence on on the streets. So I think it was really important that that was clarified. Um, But I think what's also really important is that this isn't just a PR exercise, that we just don't see these measures being put in place for a short period of time until things calm down um, and then they disappear again. And I think there are structural issues within the Gardaí and I think there is, you know, obviously a resourcing problem with the guards indeed only last night um, in my own constituency of Wicklow I heard that the uh, there's a risk that the Greystones Garda station could be closed down. Now we need to see more of these kind of resources and not less and I think that's a fundamental problem that the government need to uh, need to tackle and until they get that right I think we're going to continue to see problems with policing and uh, people's safety across the country not just in Dublin. They have a fair challenge ahead of them. I was listening this morning Emer, to um, News Talk Breakfast and there was a, a report Josh Crosby had gone out and talked to a number of American tourists over for the Notre Dame Navy game. And one of them said, you know, he was asked, did you find the city safe? And he said, well, you've obviously got same problems as everybody. There's um, homelessness, there's graffiti, there's, I saw only one, as he described it, crackhead unconscious with a crack pipe. So not so bad. Now, by juxtaposition with wherever he's coming from, obviously we're not doing badly, but that's not the way you'd want an American tourist describing Dublin, is it? Uh, no, of course it's not. I think we're very proud of our Irish hospitality. I think there, uh, we have to um, and we have acknowledged uh, the issues that we're having about guard visibility and resources. And the government has uh, undoubtedly stepped in to, to put a plan together to address that. But there are other issues uh, at hand here that haven't maybe got as much of a focus as they should. Um, you know, Dublin, uh, the crime data shows that the assaults haven't increased. But uh, definitely antisocial behaviour uh, and drug uh, taking is more visible. And why is that? It's because the city has changed since COVID. And I looked over the CSO figures, um, or the census figures of by people working from home. Um, so in, in Dublin, in Dublin City Council, uh, 40% of, of people are working from home at least one day a week. That goes up to 57% in Dunleary and Rathdown. And that does impact the city. And I think we, oh. ha- we have, because we're, we're, we're seeing a city that uh, maybe isn't as busy as it was, we're definitely still getting our tourists. We're definitely using the city for, for socialising. Uh, but we do have a vacancy rate in, in commercial property of, of of 10 to 13 percent 
I but think. Hang on a minute. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm slightly missing the connection. If somebody is going to sell drugs on the street, they hardly think, well, I'll sell them more now because it's not quite so crowded. No, I think these things are, are more visible than they were because the city has changed post COVID. And I think the point I'm trying to make is uh, that we had a rural Ireland strategy post COVID quite quickly uh, about uh, how um, rural Ireland could embrace the opportunities and uh, around uh, remote working. And I think we've never had that attention on the city. We've never had a Dublin strategy post-COVID. And I really do think that we need to see that. We need to, yes, uh, it is completely appropriate that we are addressing this uh, through policing. But we also need to think bigger than that. We need to think about what is the future of Dublin and um, making it a livable city. Um, and, and, I, and I welcome uh, the work that Simon Coveney and Dara O'Brien said that they would do about looking at uh, the vacancy rates in commercials and whether or not they can be changed to residential. We do need to invest in amenities in the city and attracting people in the city, into the city and, and bringing back that, vib- that vibrancy. There's a thing that um, uh, Jack Parra that uh, Emer said there at the outset about that assaults haven't gone up. And it's one of the interesting dichotomies about the way this has been discussed whenever it comes up. On the one hand, there are people saying, ah, it's not so bad. The actual crime figures don't show that there is a significant increase. But when you talk to business representatives, when you talk to a lot of the people who spend their time in the city centre, they say it is horrendous at the moment. Yeah, and I think the in terms of the figures, there's definitely a sense that the fear of you know, the, the danger or being assaulted on in the inner city or areas like Talbot Street have, have definitely gone up, kind of connected to, you know, some of those more high profile incidents we, we saw over the summer. Um, so I suppose if, when someone has a genuinely held kind of fear or concern, it, it's kind of hard to, to tell them, oh, well, the, the figures say otherwise, you know, that, that's that's not going to potentially shift how how they feel, you know, walking down um you know, a potentially kind of empty enough street um, late at night. But also some of those figures don't reflect things like witnessing drug taking, witnessing drug sales, seeing graffiti, seeing public urination. I mean, all of those things that make a city unattractive to be in, they're not necessarily going to show up in assault numbers. Yeah, of course. And I think as well, like when, as we've seen with the policing plan, you know, I think 10 million towards towards Garda over time, like there's definitely a question. There's undoubtedly, you know, kind of groups of, you know, kind of young lads, you know, kind of hang, hanging around the inner city. Like I think there potentially has to be other questions asked about, you know, what what's the other response apart from just a criminal justice response? Um, these young lads, if they're 18 years of age, they would have kind of come through adolescence at a time during COVID when, when we know that children fell through the cracks, particularly in socioeconomically disadvantaged areas, that children fell through the cracks and didn't kind of go back to school when after the age of 16 or so, um, they were kind of kind of left kind of hanging around um other issues in terms of, you know, kind of the, the problem with drugs in the inner city. You know, that's not just a criminal. Um, there shouldn't just be a criminal response to that. Like the local area task force for drugs and alcohol in the northeast inner city has been stood down for the last, I think, two years or so. I think there's a, a report the last I heard sitting on um, Minister for Health. Stephen Donnelly's desk in relation to reconstituting that. Mm. I mean, in an area that we see open drug dealing and um, has massive issues with with drug deaths, intimidation, and um, the fact that we're only, I suppose, talking about a policing response to what really is a response which should include, you know, Tusla, which should include 
um, you know, drugs and, and alcohol. And, and as we heard during response. the week, one of the difficulties is the policing responses in some cases, if it does lead to um, criminal prosecution and jail, jail isn't a disincentive for many of the people involved and we already have a fairly overcrowded prison system. I don't wish to bring it back to economics, but it is obviously a facet of it. Do you think, Jennifer Whitmore, it is having an impact on things like tourism? Because if we go back to where we started with the Notre Dame Navy game, we are neck deep in American tourists in the city at the moment. Will many of them be going home saying never again? Well, I think, look, when, when people, when tourists come to a, a country, particularly when they come to Ireland, they have an expectation of what they'll see and what they'll experience when they're here. And if when they come over, what they experience is poverty and, and you know, dirty streets and dereliction, you know, that will absolutely, you know, when they go back home to wherever they came from, you know, they won't be selling us. Word of mouth when it comes to tourism is hugely important. And actually, I think the uh, the fact that the, the news about the American tourist who was beaten up in Dublin, you know, that, that was really big news in the States as well. Um, so I think that that obviously wouldn't have done us any favours. But I think the point that Jack makes is really important. This is a multifaceted problem. Um, and yes, absolutely, we need a short term response when it comes to policing. But we need to start digging a whole lot deeper. We need to look into the issue of drugs from a health perspective. We need to look into poverty, into investment in, in um, you know, in, in certain inner city communities. We haven't seen that over, you know, successive governments. And we really need to see that kind of focus. And actually, what we need is a task force within I think being led by the Taoiseach's office to give it that impetus um, that will cover all those different areas because without something like that, you know, we're just going to be chasing our tails with it. it. It's interesting though to see how welcomed the idea of greater policing is, at least by the text coming into the show. I'm listening from Portugal. The police are constantly visible. Blue light bar on at night, literally issuing parking tickets all day during the day. The fact that they're armed provides some comfort being a tourist. This is what we need in Ireland. Another, I was in London last weekend. Police everywhere felt very safe and far cleaner than Dublin. I now only go through Dublin to see uh, for the airport. Why not have armed Gardaí on the street, says another. We see that everywhere in Europe. So why not here instead of yet more wishy-washy, ineffectual half measures? I'm not sure, Emer Curry, that everybody would be a huge fan of the notion of armed guards on the streets. No, I definitely wouldn't be myself either. Um, uh, What we have with those, um, what we describe as the armed units is taser, but they're, they're, you know, they're not... Uh, violent weapons, um, but I think I think well, the armed we, response I, I, units are pretty heavily armed. <laughs> they got a lot more than tasers. But but we're not going to see that uh, that visible uh, uh, presence on the streets, and I don't think that's what uh, what people want. I, I think there has been a reluctance, like I said, uh, by well by Dublin City Council to to put together a post COVID plan and. Um, I agree with uh, with um, the the commentators here today. It, it yes, it's policing. Yes, it's about prevention. Uh, we we have our youth diversion projects. The statistics show how um, successful they are, um, and 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 we are increasing them. We are we're we're moving to a model of local safety partnerships that do involve those state agencies that that Jack described. Um, people definitely uh, the number one issue at the moment that people are talking about is Gardaí visibility and it's not just in Dublin City it, it's out in Dublin West in areas like Ongar uh, uh, as well Which so is, I think we are we are beginning to to see even uh, as we've said ourselves in, in, the, in the last week or so we are beginning to see 
uh, more Gardaí on the streets and, and we need to continue to see that. And there's still a great desire for more and more of it. A text saying first they took Gardaí off the beat to put them in squad cars then they closed many high profile city centre police stations. Sure, what could go wrong? The first thing to do is clean up in the street dealing of drugs and then all of the rest will follow. If you want to get in touch 53106 at a cost of 30 cent or of course you can WhatsApp us 087 1400 106. One of the other issues that we were discussing during the week was the constitutional change to Article 41.2 of the Constitution, which is the article that says that women should not be forced by economic necessity to, and forgive me for even having to say it, give up more or less their natural role in the home. The issue with this, Jack, is I, there's there's broad consensus that that needed to go out with the flood. But as to whether or not it needs to get replaced with anything and what that anything should be, there's a bit of a debate that says delete it and be done. Yeah, and I think uh, one of the issues, I think the, the vote was kind of slated for, I hope to be for kind of November. We haven't had the precise wording. I think the government are still going back and forth over what that should be, you know, whether it is just to remove it, whether it's um, removed or replaced with um, a kind of a recognition of the kind of caring role of kind of carers and, and the family. Um, and I think there's, you know, we have a long tradition in Ireland of almost kind of failing to prepare properly for referendums and then the referendum campaigns themselves being overtaken with slightly adjacent or, or other issues or, or, or slightly... Adjacent is putting it very nicely with some of the information we've had. And stuff like that. So I think in terms of holding a referendum, like you have to, to hold it and pass it, even on, you know, what would probably be a, a relatively non-contentious issue, like removing the, the women's... Well, they're removing it. What of the replacement, Jennifer? Do we need to replace this with anything? I mean, there's a whole lot of well-meaning stuff around carers, but is that the role of the Constitution? Well, I think, interestingly, you know, th- like the fact that this was in the Constitution, you know, it's sort of... It, uh, it makes my skin crawl, actually, you know, as as a, as a woman. But I think um, it never actually served women any, there was no positive benefits from it. So even when there was a case in the High Court that sought to compel the state to pay women for staying at home, it failed, right? So so there was no value whatsoever of having it in the Constitution other than this sort of patronising tap on the head saying, yeah, there, there you go, aren't you? Yeah, you know? yeah. So yeah. I would question whether, you know, we should be just removing it completely, whether there will be any point in replacing it with any... Uh, carers say, but but what we need now is to see what the suggestions from government are and what the wordings are. And that was promised in June. Uh, we still haven't seen anything. And there, I suppose, there are questions about whether the referendum will will go ahead in in November. Um, I know Emma would, would probably disagree with me on that, but we haven't heard anything about it. You know, we don't even have the wording. So I think that's you know we we need to be having those discussions. People need is to she be right, Emma. Do you want to disagree? Well, we're going to see the wording these referendums or referendum uh, is going to happen. Um, let's remember it was the Taoiseach himself uh, the, the, before the summer or back in March said that we wanted to see the, the wording. I think Ireland is good at having uh, these debates and it's it's definitely time to, to have it. But around the issue of whether, whether or not you remove or you add, um, we definitely have to remove the stereotyping that is in our constitution and the restrictions on women uh, in terms of the contribution to public uh, life and society. Um, but I do think it is of benefit to put in a commitment uh, to gender equality. And I do want to see uh, a reference to the value of care as well. I think that's, I think that's really uh, important. Um, so we, we do have, we have to make it inclusive for all families. So I think it is, it's not 
I wouldn't want it to be a straight removal. I think it, this is about adding to the constitution, bringing it up to date, protect, protecting all families, okay. and making well, sure that 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 we, we we'll keep waiting then until opportunities. We see the wording. Just an update, by the way, while we're talking of, of issues relating to gender and appropriate gender behaviour. We were speaking earlier on to Kathleen McNamee of Off the Ball in relation to the president of the Spanish Football Federation, that being Luis Rubiales, who had been predicted to resign after kissing uh, his uh, the not his but the team's midfielder on the mouth after their 1-0 victory over England apparently now he has said that he is not going to resign he has refused and he is staying in position before we wrap up there are 71,000 young people who today are getting either very good results mediocre results or bad results depending on on who they are I have to ask the question how did you all get on Jack how was your leaving cert well I think I I was pretty chill because I was doing arts. I went wanted to do history and politics in UCD. So I think the points at that point were only around 320 or so. So I think I'm, based on my mock right. results, I was, I was pretty comfortable that I could go in, still have a pretty horrible day and, and I'd be okay. Eimear? Um, well, I definitely wasn't chill, but I didn't have that same pressure because I, I didn't have a, uh, a course that I was... Uh, had high points that I was dying to get into. Um, I missed law and politics in Queens uh, by a grade uh, because Yates didn't come up on the on the English paper. But I never get, rely on Yates. <laughs> but I got into history, uh, history and politics in Queens, and uh, so you know it all worked out in the end. Jennifer, I didn't do all that well in my leaving cert, unfortunately, um, and I ended up or I started out as a fish farmer, so I went into a fish farming course, course in what was Galway RTC at the time. Uh, and then continued, went on to uh, an aquatic science course, then up to Northern Ireland to do uh, ecology. And then I did um, environmental law in Sydney. Um, so did I'm, you ever and, farm and ended fish? Up, oh, yeah, I worked on a fish farm for a long time. I what used, kind of fish? Uh, salmon. Actually, and I worked on an Atlantic halibut fish farm in Norway as well, an experimental farm there for a while. Yeah, no, I've, I've worked for years on fish farms. Uh, then I worked with the Marine Institute and I was on survey boats and uh, I was a cod, uh, cod and nephrops uh, scientist. Uh, and then I went to Australia and I did environmental law over there. Um, and now I'm a politician. So what I'd say to anyone who doesn't do what they had hoped in the Leave and Search, there are very many paths out there. Of uh, all the times to discover <laughs> that Jennifer Whitmore was a halibut farmer in Norway and yeah. there's only 20 seconds <laughs> Left in the I'm show happy to, to come back in to talk to you. Well, I will leave that to Pat. He is going to be back in this chair at nine o'clock on Monday morning. A big thank you to Jennifer Whitmore, Social Democrats TD for Wicklow's spokesperson on climate, Emer Curry, Finnegale Shannon spokesperson for special education and inclusion and Northern Ireland, and Jack Power, news reporter for the Irish Times. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk.